0: Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash mom
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 394 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, and today I am here with Lisa Payne. Lisa is sitting in Sarah's seat for the day, and um, Lisa is a contributor on the Mom Hour team. She is a mom of four kids and has a lot of great stuff to offer to this discussion. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Megan, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here with you. I know we're going to have a lot to say because we both have bigger kids. We're both divorced moms, and we both like to save money, right? Like, how's that for a segue into our topic today, which is holiday budget ideas? Um, I think this year in particular, it feels like there's just a lot of economic uncertainty that people are concerned about. Lots of things going on with inflation and rising gas and food prices, and all of that. Um, so, if there was ever a time that we needed some ideas for saving money at the holidays, this is it. So. Um, Lisa and I are going to chat throughout and I'll I'll let Lisa introduce herself a little more in a little more detail in a minute. But Lisa and I are going to actually just chat through some different categories of um, things that you could spend money on during the holidays, like food and um, decor and gifts, of course, travel, things like that. And then at the very end, I'm going to share some ideas that came from our Facebook community, which I'm really excited about because, um, man, every time we pull the Facebook community, we get so many great ideas. But before I jump into all of that, Lisa, just tell us a little bit more about yourself.
2: Sure. Absolutely. So I live in the Kansas City metro just outside of Kansas City called Olathe. Um, it's just a small suburban community. I work full time out of the home as an educator. Um, my position kind of cool because I get to travel. So I have 10 elementary schools I travel to coaching teachers. Wow. Um, my kids are They're amazing. And it's a crazy season of life. I have one in high school, one in middle school and two in elementary school. Wow. I remember that time. Yeah. Well, juggling newsletters feels like a full-time job in itself. Yes. Um, Or when you
1: get the email from the school that just says your student and you're like, which one and which school? Like, I don't even
2: know which school this is coming from. Please more information. Yeah. Right absolutely absolutely so it's a super fun season but kind of like you said like thinking about budgeting and their ages it feels very different like especially the older they get yeah how I how I figure out a budget because what once like the can of puffs is no longer suitable right for a child as a gift right
1: exactly yeah there's a lot of like hacks and um things that you can do to kind of I don't know let's say just like put lipstick on the pig a little bit <laughs> if you're if yep. you have in yep. a economic crisis or just a tight spot when they're 4 you can really blow a 4-year-old's mind very easily it's it's a little <laughs> harder to do that when they're 14 or 24 <laughs> like i'm in that right. territory now so right. yeah so you've um you've been divorced i think you said 8 years yes, is that ma'am. right yeah so you've mm-hmm. been now through quite a few holidays as a divorced mom and i'm now going this will be my sixth year, actually divorced, but my seventh Christmas since separating. So um, we both got a little bit of experience under our belt. But of course, this topic is super relevant, regardless of, you know, your marital status. And everybody wants to, needs to save money um, during the holiday. So before we jump into kind of just breaking down these bigger categories, Lisa, I thought we could just answer some questions. Um just to give everyone a sense of like where we both are with our holidays, so the first thing I just want to talk about is how we typically split up the holidays with our exes. I know that's something that people can be really curious about, um, whether it's always the same or whether we do things differently or whether it's like in a period of change now. So I'll just share that since divorcing um, or separating, even we've done Christmas pretty much the same every year with a couple of small changes. Um, when we were married, we we had already kind of established that christmas was a day that we stayed home, we didn't travel, which really simplified things when we were splitting up because sure. i didn't have to say okay, now i'm not going to these in-laws or whatever anymore. Yep. Um we never did. So, we for the first few years shared christmas eve and christmas morning. And then as time went by, that started to feel like a little much. So, um we started just sharing christmas morning. Sometimes we would have like a brief get together christmas eve when maybe one of us was dropping the kids off with the other one. Typically, he'd have the kids leading up, and then I would have them that night, and then he'd come back over in the morning. One thing that sometimes can make that a little complicated, and this year is one of those years, is that um, when Christmas falls on a weekend, the breaks are weird. So this year, I don't know about your kids' schools, but my kids' school goes right up through the Friday before Christmas Eve, which gives us very little lead time, and I do feel like that changes things. And this year I'm kind of thinking like, oh, man, I mean, do I want to spend every Christmas day with my ex for the rest of my life? Probably not, especially because I am, you know, have a new partner and we just live right down the road from each other and he has his own kids and we want to spend time together, too. So really trying to shorten that time. Like, I still want both of us to get to spend time with our kids on Christmas Day, but we don't have to. It doesn't feel quite the same as it did when they were all a lot younger where we're trying to recreate that experience. Like they're a lot older now. They can handle moving between houses a little differently than they did. So curious how it looks for you and whether it's always been the same or whether
2: you change things up. We've done it differently. So it just depends. Um, My ex lived um, relatively far away from us. And so he let me maintain my tradition of my childhood Um, And kind of even through our marriage, we maintained the tradition of Christmas Eve is when my my family growing up spent our Christmas. Yeah, Um, we would do the Christmas Eve mass and dinner and the whole thing. We'd open gifts that night and Santa would come Christmas Eve night um, and we'd have treasures Christmas. morning. Mm. So for a while he lived out of um, town, out of state for, you know, A good chunk of time. So I was able to maintain that. And then he would have some time with them either Christmas Day or around New Year's, or we were just pretty amicable about it. Um, When he's had partners in the past, we have done things together, um, kind of like you did with the exchange of kids. We might have a small something with them together. And then he would take them after that exchange and do whatever they were going to do. Hmm. Um, The last couple of years, we went more with kind of by the book as the divorce decree states. So Oh, every odd year you get this holiday and that holiday and I get this and that one. So this year, the way it falls, I will have them Christmas Eve and my kids have break that entire week starts their first week of Christmas. Oh, OK. So
1: you'll break, have the shorter time. on the other end. Then, Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go back like the third or fourth of January or something. Yeah. Um, so I'll have my kids up to that point. We'll do Christmas Eve with my family. Christmas morning, we'll travel back to Kansas City and he will have them from Christmas Day through New Year's, which that's a little bit different. Um, I'm used to having them New Year's Eve. So that yeah. be a different tradition that I'll figure out. <laughs>
1: yeah, and you know, I, I grew up in a um, divorced family and I remember at that time, um, well, first of all, the way family courts did things in the 80s, which is very different. But I believe my parents the court order was that they would switch on and off like the whole holiday basically. So I would either be with my mom or with my dad at Christmas. And I think for like the whole break, I don't really remember the kinds of creativity going into breaking things up as I think maybe more contemporary families are used to doing. So it's kind of, I think it's nice that it's becoming more normalized to share a little bit or be a little more flexible, but um, as a kid, I also remember loving my holidays regardless of where I was and parents making it special, you know, even if I couldn't be in their house on the actual Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. So, yeah. So I think that we just have a lot of room to make the holidays what we want them to be. I am curious how you feel, Lisa, that being divorced may complicate budgeting for you. Is that something where it ever is hard to Keep an eye on the spending because you're not sure what your ex is doing or maybe your system doesn't work as well as it did. Tell
2: us about how that looks for you guys. You know what? I can I really feel like it's kind of the same answer as before in the past. Sometimes we'll go in and do things together. So when they were little, if it was a big stuffed animal or like one year it was a trampoline, Mm. we might go in together on something because Um, Since they lived with me full time, we didn't have a need for things in split households. Yeah. And so he would just help contribute to whatever we were having here at the house or their things would stay here. Um, Since we're splitting residences now, it does look a little bit different. So sometimes having double things isn't terrible because you don't have to travel Mm -hmm. everything you own from one place to the next. You can create a sense of home wherever you are in that moment. I would say sometimes we're, we're going in together. Well, we're not going in together anymore financially, but we might say, okay, are you getting this? Because they may not need double of this certain thing, a, a toy or a game or a sweatshirt. Um, but again, sometimes it's okay to have double of things. So I think budgeting, I can't say it completely impacts me other than Making sure that I'm remembering that it's not a competition for who gets the most expensive, Mm. the most things, the most, it's simply, we want to show our children that we know what their interests are. We love them equally. And that doesn't mean in material things. Yeah. So I think I, you know, giving myself permission and grace to let go of what's out of, my control, whether it's me giving more or less or him giving more or less or whatever the budget is, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: I'm curious. And and I guess I'll answer for myself first before I ask you this question. I will say that um, because we have done Christmas mornings together and there's not a ton of gift giving happening outside of the big the whole family um, get together, that it's been pretty easy to avoid like um, doubling or competition everything is just coming from both of us and and we haven't really that that's been totally mm-hmm. fine I think it'll start to look a little different in the future if we start breaking those um get to those gatherings up a little bit and neither one of us I don't think is we're not overgivers really um although I may contradict to myself in a minute when we start talking about where we overspend um <laughs> We don't I don't feel like we overdo it too much. And there's not like a sense of like one of us trying to outdo the other one. I think where I get frustrated sometimes is that much like in a marriage, it is stereotypical, but still often true that moms do the heavy lifting with planning and the emotional labor and the mental labor. And that doesn't necessarily go away when you're divorced. What goes away is the relationship that made it okay. <laughs> so like there's a right. lot you can kind of give your spouse a pass for because they're there to help with this other stuff. But when that's not there anymore and now you're the one doing all the planning and wrapping, it just has a different flavor. Um and so I, I will just say I I I put the um blame on myself for allowing a lot of that to kind of just become the way things are. But I've wanted to keep things great for the kids. And so I didn't want to change anything. And I didn't want to like allow things to fall into someone else's territory that might not do them the way that I would, much like maybe when my kids were, you know, a year old, I was a little controlling about certain other things. Right. So it's all right. like it's like the same dynamic playing out, but without the benefit of having the partner to then do the other right. stuff. I don't know if you could <laughs> exactly. relate to that.
2: Nope. <laughs> 100% yes, I yeah. agree. And I do. I try to uphold the same things that we did when I had another grown up in the house. And again, it's, I am a firm believer in grit and grace and mm-hmm. what you can get. Don't give up on yourself too easily. And you know what? Some things you just have to let go. And right. I'm still learning. I'm on a yeah. real, real good learning curve for that. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I also think that our kids can be so much more forgiving and like, like sometimes we think that stuff matters to them that doesn't matter that much. And I've had some really interesting conversations with my kids this year just saying, Hey guys, like there are other places that uh my money might be needed this year. And I really want to give you guys a great Christmas, but maybe the stuff I've spent on in the past isn't, you know, and they're all just like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's it's yep. just they're like, Oh, so are we not getting gifts then? That's fine. I'm like, Well, no, I didn't say that. Just well, wait, what? <laughs> so often they are they are ready, like they are game or being really resilient and flexible and giving us grace too if we give them the mm-hmm. chance to do that.
2: Right. Yeah. Yep. I agree.
1: So, let's before we take a break, let's just quickly talk about the categories where we spend the most and the least. Um, let's start with the most. Where are we most likely to overspend at the holiday? And I will say gifts, even though I just said we're not super big overgivers. When you have five, you know, four or five kids, it's easy for that category to blow up really fast, even if no one specific kid is getting a lot of stuff. Um, Especially I really love doing stockings and I can spend so much money on stocking stuffers. And I mean, I'm talking like, you know, fancy toothbrushes and candy and stuff. I'm not talking about, they're not getting like uh, iPhones in their stockings. It can just really kind of get out of control. So how about you? And like, in you know, food, travel, decor, entertaining and
2: gifts, those five categories Where are you most likely to overspend? Oh, I'm 100% with you in gifts. And it could be like the gift itself. Stocking stuffers, I think they can just add up super easily. Anyway, when you're buying for four and five, it's not like, and I'm trying to do things like a can of Pringles or
1: something like that. (laughs) That takes up some space. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
2: How much space? And I know you love it. So, and it goes away. It's not something I have to hoard, like tiny pieces of things, which may have happened when they were smaller, like a small, you know, $5 Lego set or something. But no, I'm for sure. I get excited when I see things in the store that I'm like, oh my gosh, they would really like. Yes. So cute. Yes. Clever. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's definitely like within some categories, I allow myself to do gift giving. And sometimes I force the gift into a category if it doesn't belong, just to make sure that I'm maintaining some kind of like, okay, restrain yourself a little bit here, but it's, it's fun to gift give. It's super fun to gift give. So for sure I'm, I will overspend there.
1: I don't know if you have, if any of your kids are like um, budding artists, but Clara loves art supplies and I am not a visual artist. I've never been very talented in that way. But if I go into like a Blick or another place that has really cool art supplies, it's like, I can't contain myself (laughs) and it's, Mm -hmm. It's not about her. It's about me going like, oh, my gosh, look at these, you know, watercolors or look at this. And they've got all these cute little stuffables. I mean, they know what they're doing there. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's I have to rein myself in. It's really not about them asking. It's about me just wanting to give. All right. Well, how about Lisa? What is the category you're like? You're the least likely to overspend in.
2: Mine's travel because for Christmas, we either stay put or the only place we do go is out to Western Kansas, typically where my parents are. So yeah. I've got about eight hours, you know, total round trip to, you know, gas up for. And mm-hmm. that. so that's probably my least.
1: Yeah, I would say the same historically for me. Um, now, because we never went anywhere on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, that's just stuck. So there might have been like Yeah, like a a tank of gas to drive the kids back and forth from their dads to mine. Well, it's not even a full tank. It's probably like a quarter tank. Um, But this year it is shifting a little bit. So this year we are planning a a trip that will be part of our Christmas budget. It won't happen on Christmas. It'll happen um, the week after New Year since we have that whole week off. So I could see in the future travel shifting to maybe a bigger line item than gifts, which is fine by me. I would actually like to do that. I, last year, the kids and I went on a spring break trip and they had so much fun. And I thought, oh, this is, this is the future. We know with older kids, young adult kids, like this is, we want to be hanging out together and having experiences. And so, um, I could totally see that being where I spend the most. I would say the one that will probably stay the least is decor. I don't buy a lot of new stuff, We just moved last year into a smaller house than the one we lived in before. I haven't put everything out yet, but a lot of stuff is out. And I think it's mostly going to fit pretty well. So I might, I like to buy like one new thing that's just for a space if I'm in a new space, but it doesn't need to be a lot. And Clara and I do go see the Nutcracker every year. um, Mm -hmm. And she picks out a Nutcracker every year. And that's like, besides that and the live tree, usually that's like the only new stuff we buy. We also have a new kitten this year, so I am not buying a bunch of fancy new ornaments for the tree because, <laughs> I mean, she's a very naughty kitten right now, so I just know what's going to be happening. <laughs> it's like she's going to be trashing the tree. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. hilarious.
1: <laughs> well, Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy, so this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor.
0: That's code Hour 50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product,
1: Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, Lisa, let's start talking about food. This is one of those where I used to be a little smug and think, I don't really have anything that, you know, that I have to worry about as far as food goes at the holidays. I don't throw big parties. I'm not, you know, going to a bunch of places where I have to bring food. But then I started really thinking about it. And between buying like special fancy charcuterie and um, snacks and, you know, just cooking more unusual foods that that I don't already have all the stuff for, I know I'm spending more. Uh, during the holiday than I would at other times. So I guess my first tip is to use Aldi. I don't know if you have an Aldi where you are, but they have, and I'm sure like people with Trader Joe's will probably say the same thing about a Trader Joe's, but they have amazing um, like snacky things, cheeses, deli meats, some prepared salads, just lots of things you wouldn't expect. And you can get away with a lot of food for not very much money in there. So that's where I would start as far as my food tip that and just maybe to keep an eye on the overbuying. I think sometimes I tend to just go into like festive mode, basically starting December 1st. And it's like every time I go to the store, I want to buy some festive holiday treat and I don't have to do like it doesn't have to last a month and a half. It could just last
2: like a week. Right. So how about you? Do you have any um, food saving tips? It's so funny you said that At Aldi. It was my first go to. Oh, like, sorry, I stole it. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's a fantastic tip and exactly where I go. I think the other thing I do to kind of justify some of the extra spending, maybe later on, is starting around Thanksgiving time, I try to clear out the pantry and freezer. Mm. So my meals may not look like a well prepared, rounded, like exquisite meal, which I mean, let's. Be real on a day to day (laughs) basis. They may not look like that, but it may look like, hey, you can have pasta and here are some chicken nuggets, or oh, we have pasta sauce and I have this bread left. Let's do some dipping mozzarella bread tonight. So, kind of saving in groceries, whatever I have stockpiled left. So, my regular grocery bill is a little bit less than what it might be during the holidays is kind of how I stock, I justify the stockpiling a little bit of manageable snacks yeah. and, you know, special treats. Yeah.
1: Do you, um, do you always shop at Aldi or do you have like another grocery store that you go to more regularly?
2: I actually do Walmart grocery pickup. Okay. I am a little bit meticulous about it. Okay. So pending my time, I will pull up the Aldi shopping app as well as the Walmart nice. shopping app. If I can get more things cheaper at Aldi, I will go in store and buy it there. If I am at Walmart, um, I may just purchase it all because of the logistics of getting another place, and I didn't bring my bags. And yeah, things like that. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say my two main staples are the Walmart grocery pickup and Aldi. Okay,
1: so I live about three minutes from a Meijer, which I don't know if you have Meijer where you are. I think yeah. it might be like more of a Great Lakes thing. Um, I know they're in Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I think that might be it. Um, but it's sort of like a Walmart. I would say it's like maybe between a Walmart and a Target someplace in there. Mm-hmm. And I very liberally use their. Um, it's called M Perks there. But I know every place has its own sort of points system. I'm not sure if Walmart has one, but it's like, you know, you log into the app, you get you can clip coupons in the app and you can go and do your like um, like price comparison and stuff like that in the app. And then you can also, I think you get, you get cash back in certain categories. So you'll get like a, you know, $10 to use on your next order or whatever. So I use that pretty liberally. Now I will say there, our closest Aldi is a good 15 minutes away. I want to go there more often, but it's just really hard to work that into my weekly routine. But there is one that's going to be opening here. I keep hearing, you know, fake lies about this like fake news like it was supposed to open in November I'm like they haven't even broken ground yet so probably yeah. next summer but I am very excited about that and I've been yeah. using something new at Meijer um, called Flash Food which I know they have it at more places than Meyer. they also have it at like our small hometown grocery store but it's like an it's another app and it um basically liquidates stuff that's close to the either close to the expiration date or for some reason they can't sell it. Like if it wasn't individually, you know, like all apples have Mm -hmm. to have an individual sticker or Mm -hmm. like uh, if a bag breaks open and something rolls out, they can't put it back in the bag and sell it. And Mm -hmm. so they just compile it all into these boxes and sell it like at the, like at the customer service area. So you go on the app and you're just like, okay, I want this, this, and this, you basically shop on the app, you buy it, you pay for it on your phone and then you just go to customer service while you're there anyway and pick up stuff and take it. So it's great if you're doing like, if you had, um, like a big baking day coming up, say, and you were going to use a ton of apples. That's just an example, but I have gotten huge, like (laughs) loads of produce really, really cheap. So I'm trying to get creative about that. I like that it, um, it also helps reduce food waste, which I really like. Mm -hmm. And I like that it it's like, I feel like it's cheating a little bit. Like I'm kind of the same apples um, a hundred feet away for three times as much and I'm getting them really cheap and that it just kind of right. feels like I'm getting away with something, which I like a lot. So that's uh, really absolutely. fun. Absolutely, Yeah. Um, well, how about travel? I know you had said travel isn't, um, a place that you spend a lot on. Do you have any ideas or
2: tips around
1: saving in that area?
2: I, I try to fill up early. Yeah. So don't wait until the morning of or the weekend before. <laughs> yeah. It always depends on like my work schedule or who yeah. has appointments and sometimes it's just out of your control anyway, but especially with gas, gas prices, the way they are, I'm trying to fill up midweek instead of yeah. closer to the weekend when travel might be higher and gas prices might be higher. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, I really haven't like flown during the holidays, so I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I have, have, have never flown. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever flown on a holiday. Um and i think it's one of those things where you can get amazing deals if it's like a holiday where no one's flying but then if it's a holiday where everyone wants to go someplace you're gonna, you're like there's not there's nothing you could really do to beat that unless you're thinking way ahead and like kind of know how to how to hack that system and it's just not something i have had to do a lot i will say that we are going to northern like not even um fancy northern michigan but like way up north where people don't typically go for the holidays and getting an Airbnb up there, a beautiful Airbnb, pretty inexpensively because we're going to a place that not a lot of people are going during a time that not a lot of people are going there. So, um, I guess if you want to get a travel and you don't, you know, get some traveling with your kids and you don't mind going someplace that's going to be completely like covered with snow and where nobody else is, it's a good way to hole up. Like if the whole idea is you just want to hole up in a house together, I think. Last year um, I took the kids to California at spring break and we, you know, we went to San Francisco and we did um, Napa and Sonoma and like we drove to these beautiful places Mm. and saw lots of really cool stuff, but the kids were by far the most excited about the Airbnb that we stayed in like that. They were just excited to be in a house together. That was like, you know, we could all sit around and play board games and stuff. So um, yeah, I guess keeping in mind what's important to you during the holiday, if you're going to be doing any traveling, is really helpful. Well, what about decor? Is that something that you find yourself
2: spending money on? So when I moved into this house several years ago, I had a different space to decorate much like kind of where you are right now. And just in that season of of change a little bit, I have always been a sucker for clearance Hmm. um, after the holiday. So like Halloween clearance, Thanksgiving clearance, Christmas clearance for the next season. Yeah. So if it's full price, I don't buy it. Um, including one year, my budget was very minimal and they had those family ornaments. One of my traditions with my oh, kids yeah. is I get an ornament for, with all five of us on it. So those silly like ones you can customize or personalize the year, like it was 20, maybe 2019. I purchased for 2020, well, I guess that's not true because it was COVID. It Whatever year, I purchased the next year, still that's like the year before. Yeah. So if it was 2018, I purchased for 2019. And it said 2019, even though I purchased it in 2018. It didn't matter. It was even like gingerbread houses. We don't eat the gingerbread houses. We don't consume them. They just hot glue their pieces <laughs> on. Yeah. So if I find them at clearance at their grocery or at Michael's, their craft store, Sure. You know what? I will absolutely take a $2 gingerbread house and store it in my basement for the next year. So, and it doesn't matter for us. We're not baking it homemade. Right. Um, That's just kind of what we do. So I'm a big fan of like clearance buys.
1: Yeah. I think that's so smart. And I wish I was more mm, strategic about that. I do remember my now ex mother in law, the first, my first Christmas as like a young married woman her taking me to whatever like mega store because um, we weren't even in Michigan. We were in Buffalo, New York. So like I wasn't even familiar with the stores there. They you know, they're all different, like where it's regional. Right. So we went into the store and everything was like 80 percent off. And I'm walking around like, what? I didn't even know this was the thing. And of course, she really liked to buy things. So I feel like we probably bought too much stuff. But it did kind of open my eyes to a whole world of Um, Christmas decor. I think my problem has been historically that I really like to buy Christmas stuff when I'm in the mood to buy Christmas stuff, which is not usually the week after Christmas. It's like when everybody else is doing it. So I just try to give myself a little space to pick up a thing or two every season. I don't I'm not completely overhauling my my theme every year or my decorations every year. I use a lot of stuff that I've been using for 25 plus years at this point. Um, some stuff that was my mom's, um, a lot of, I do really like to go to vintage stores and antique stores and look at like old holiday uh, decorations. I think they're really fun and unique and you can do some cool things with them. And so I just don't, I don't give myself too much of a hard time if I do buy a few things full price. Um, that said I know that if I went the week after and shopped that clearance it like if I did it if I could motivate myself to do it and I did it in a way that was fun for me I think I'd actually get a big kick out of it and have a lot of fun so
2: you've just you've got it you've got to go try it yeah just make yourself do it one time and once you're there you'll be like oh yeah I'm I'm never going back again <laughs> and I'll be transported. It'll be
1: like going back in time to Christmas again. I'll be like, Oh, I'm back in the holiday spirit. <laughs> Cause I mean, I don't yeah. take my tree. Well, da- I don't and- take my tree down right away or anything like that. I stay in the, in the mood for a while.
2: So, yeah. Well, and I think as you look at the shelves and you're like, Oh wait, this can go over here. Especially if you're going in with ideas about, wait, this shelf was kind of empty or this space was kind of empty. Oh, that would fill this space as you're kind yeah. of picturing some of the things in your home. For me, that helps me like, oh, no, this needs to go back on the shelf. Yes, it's cute. And yeah, I don't need it doesn't go anywhere. So as you get to know your space better, you have a little bit more like you can rein in a little bit more on, OK, this would go here or this wouldn't. And it's fun to look at. But I'm telling you, 70 and 80 percent off. It yeah, just, like that's a game changer. The apples. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I'm cheating the Christmas decorations. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. And you know, I think that that's really why is that it's when you've got everything out already that you know what you have too much of and what you need more of. It's also when I start thinking about putting things back. So like when I've got my bins out and I did a pretty good job last year because I knew we were going to be moving. I did a pretty good job paring down. Like when I was putting things back, I thought, okay, well, this isn't going to go back because I don't like it that much or this thing never comes out. Like this has been at the bottom of this Christmas bin now for 10 years and I haven't put it out. Guess that means I don't want to. Yeah. So that's going <laughs> right. away. But I feel like at the end of the season, you also, you know, like how much room is left in your bins. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you need another bin, which would also be a better time to buy it. Cause all those red and green bins are also cheaper yep. after Christmas. And it's like, you just, your storage is a little more locked down too. So you're right. You're like in the right frame of mind to add something new. And then it's like the next year, it'll be like this nice little surprise. Like, Ooh, I forgot I even got this because <laughs> I didn't have time to put it out last year, but here it is. So, yeah. 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 I think I will. I think that I will do it. So you can check in with me this year and be like, Megan, you know, it's December Hello. 27th. <laughs> have you gone clearance shopping you, yet? You set
2: your alarm. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, um, how about entertaining is that an area that you find yourself spending money um in on or not so much
2: you know what no it's something I have always wanted to do I have hosted some of our like staff Christmas parties I for sure went like all in because I love to host this I love to take care of people I love to welcome people into my home I haven't done that for several years just because other people volunteered to Mm, do it. mm -hmm. Um, I'd say the closest I get to entertaining is pre-COVID. I think it was right before like 2019. Part of our advent calendar was to host a card making party for the kids and their friends and families to come. We made cards to deliver to um, retirement homes. Um, So we had just a little bit of snacks. But again, those materials I either had on hand from like all my scrapbooking business or... I picked it up on clearance, all the stickers and the paper and, you know, whatever little tiny trinkets you could glue on or tape on. So I don't spend much in the area um, unless it's, again, like a handful of snacks just to have available yeah. um, to sit out. I am going to try to do it again this year. We'll see. We'll see if I can make it happen with just logistics of the schedule. It's on the advent calendar. Yeah. So we'll see.
1: Well, I will say that Christmas is not a time I have traditionally done tons of entertaining, although um, we do typically invite out of town families. So my sister's family and my brother's family who live in a, uh, my brother's in Minnesota and my sister's a few hours away. Um, we have invited them into either my home it used to be always my home. The last several years it's been my brother's house. And then we do a big New Year's Eve thing and that can add up. I mean, it's everyone's chipping Mm -hmm. in, but it's like as one of the host families, I think I feel obligated somehow to kind of, I don't know, show up with the food and the snacks and the drinks and all of those things. And same thing for like even a few times I've had um, just my brother and his family come over on Christmas Eve for a little while. And I feel like I'm. Hosting like it's not like just swing by and we'll order yeah. pizza. It's like I'm doing a whole thing, and I think this year I really would like to have some kind of holiday get together. I'm thinking about it now. We're recording this; it's not even December yet, so we've got a little time to plan. But in the next week, by the time this by the time this episode um goes live and is published, I will have made a plan for what this is going to look like. And will it be just a holiday brunch with some of my girlfriends? Will it be like an open house? We have this. Um, shop building on our property that is heated and has a couple of bathrooms in it and could easily be a place where we would host like a party. It doesn't have to be in my house, Mm -hmm. but I know myself and I know (laughs) that I'm going to want to go all out and I don't want to spend that money this year. So I guess I just have to think, okay, so I don't have to feed everybody all the food. It can be very light. It can be like the middle of the afternoon and I have like one, um, like one mixed drink that everybody gets like the, you know, the signature cocktail or mocktail and snacks. I could do it potluck style. Like I've got options. And I think sometimes in my desire to leave no stone unturned as a hostess, I go overboard and then the food doesn't even get eaten. And, and then my family mm-hmm. can't even finish it because it's like stuff that's been right. sitting open and, and there's just not enough time yep. for Saul to eat it. So I guess, I guess the, the only tip I would, I would just share for myself, my, for my own good is just reminding myself that I don't have to, like, I can have people over without having to
2: pretend like I'm royalty
1: hosting a grand ball. Like it doesn't have to be that.
2: I agree. And I'm the same. I'm the exact same way as you are. I think just as nurturers in general, we want people to be comfortable and have what they need. We want to have enough. So nobody's left out, but traditional overdoer
1: as well. Yep, absolutely. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day, and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite.
0: Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring.
1: This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, we're back, Lisa, and I saved the biggest spending category for last, and we're going to get some great ideas that were shared by uh, members of our Facebook community about saving money and budgeting um, for gifts. But... I guess I would love to hear first if we have any to share. I know you had a specific idea um, about kind of how to keep this part of the budget under control.
2: Yeah. So I kind of I I go back and forth on do we create a list or do we know? Do we not? The tradition is make the list for Santa and send it. And and years past, when my kids were younger. But like right within that perfect age, we would do that. And kind of as time has gone on and budgets have changed because of their tastes have changed, I've gotten ideas from them, but we aren't listing out out, like all of the things that they're wanting. Yeah. So I try to keep listening all year long. I keep ears out and I keep a year long list for each of the kids around their interests, things that are, you know, exciting at the time, whether it's in February or March and then when it gets a little bit closer to time, I start dropping a few hints like, oh, my gosh, my friend's daughter said this thing, whether she said it or didn't. Yeah. I mean, is that something that you're, you know. Yeah. Is that really like, a thing? Like, is still something <laughs> yeah. that you're wanting or yeah. not wanting anymore? So um, I really love the idea of them increasing the anticipation of not knowing what they're getting which also decreases the expectation. I feel like with Mm. the list, instead of like checking it off and making sure or feeling any kind of feelings other than pure gratitude that you, you have and you get what you, what you get. Um, I just kind of think, yeah, that sometimes those things go, you could get a summer product and give it to them, you know, on clearance, giving it to them in December, if you play your cards, right. Right. So I think we should consider like, do we list or do we not list or how do we manage that? Yeah. In terms of a budget and when can we shop for things? And um,
1: I mean, that's truly starting like at the root, you know, even considering, is there a list? Um, I wonder if you've noticed, because I'm now in a, a position or a situation with my kids where there's just a lot of transitioning happening. The oldest two are legitimate adults. And then I have another kid who just went off to college so he's like you know a like a baby adult you know a fledgling adult <laughs> and then i have a an older teenager who will be 17 next week and um and the 13 year old and you know i've really noticed their personalities coming out more and more as they become you know just become more themselves i suppose and how they relate to christmas and the idea of being surprised or not or really having expectations around certain items or not. It, it seems so personal. And um, Sarah and I did an episode a a few weeks back where we were talking about, um, we kind of revived an old episode from the archives, but we had some banter about it that was newer. And I was saying, I was just realizing that like, no matter what I do, it's not going to necessarily jive with all five of my kids' personalities every single year. And someone's going to be disappointed. So like, for example, if I just decided to eliminate lists, um, I think that would really annoy Owen because he just, he's so matter of fact. Like, he just wants to tell me what he wants. It's very transactional. He doesn't really want to be surprised. He doesn't really care about the pleasure I get out of buying the gift. He just wants the thing that he wants. And I'm like, that's understandable, but I can't necessarily give that to you. If what you want is just this specific item, then you are welcome to get a job, earn money, and buy it yourself. That's not what the holiday is for. And I feel like I'm just becoming more and more okay with the idea or the knowledge that um, as Christmas evolves into whatever it's going to be in this next incarnation of our family lives, not everyone's going to be happy about it, but that's okay. Cause it also not probably not everybody's been happy about it the way it has been before either. So it's it's like, no matter what I do, someone's not going to be super happy with it. And that's, just has to be okay.
2: Like it's okay for kids to of be course. disappointed sometimes. So I think if we keep in mind that some people celebrate Christmas in a secular way and some people celebrate it in a more religious way, when you think about the reason for the season, even from a secular perspective, it's not about giving me all the things that I necessarily want. Right. It's about sharing joy and gratitude, um, specifically around our family, our friends, and and giving, giving of ourselves. So I think you know, part of us as parents wanting to get and wanting to create that joy and wanting our kids to be pleased, um, just comes kind of naturally. So yes, a list is like, so I know what you want. And sometimes it creates kind of, a, a conundrum for when we aren't able to produce right a list
1: <laughs> or when the list keeps changing or when the list is yeah. just like, um, you know, it's a some kids it's a wish list. They know they're not going to get everything on it and that's okay with them. It was like the joy was in making the list. And some kids are very right. literal. Like if they make the list mm-hmm. and both of those kids uh are, are probably going to have to come to some like middle ground <laughs> and and right. learn through it. And um yeah, I right. think it's like I can't I can't expect my very logical analytical kids to be just like me and be like it's just all about the joy of the season, but they still have to deal with the me that is me and the And the reality of what the season is all about, and um, yeah, the the transactional nature of it just doesn't like it doesn't really speak to me to be like, hey kids, I'm just gonna pass out hundred dollar bills and you can all go buy what you want. Like that's never mind. (laughs) Like I'll just take a pass on that. Well, we got some we got some really clever um, and smart tips um, from our Facebook community. So I'm gonna read a few, and I sort of loosely categorized or um, grouped them thematically. And the first one is less is more. And um, I think it's interesting. So I have heard definitely of the want, wear, read, need, or some, you know, some kind of combination of those things. So something you want, something to wear, something you need, something to read, like that one I've heard before. And um, I think that that one has been done for Decades and decades. I remember that being talked about when I was little. Kelsey in our Facebook group says, For many years, I followed the five gift rule. So she had need, wear, want, and read. But then she added a craft project, which I thought was really interesting. She said it covered all of the bases and kept me from going overboard. Um, I like that the craft project seems to kind of fill an important gap, I feel like, because I know for a while I was doing three or four gifts only at Christmas. And When they're young, once you check off uh, need, wear and read, sometimes there's only one want. And well, there is only one want. There's like one thing in that category. But if it's not something that they can really play with, it's like there's nothing to do. Right. So I like adding the craft because it gives them something that they can interact with right away.
2: For sure. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely have done versions of that. And I will say I took it very literally like to read was going to be a book mm. a book set a magazine subscription and then I'm like you know what we are acquiring so much stuff yeah and I one year got my daughter coffee syrups and included a note of oh. coffee syrup recipes so she had to read the recipe which fulfilled both like a want but also the read category if you will so it I don't know I I appreciated being able to let loose a little bit. Yeah. Be so literal about it.
1: Yeah. I love that. That is so smart. Um, that's so clever. I love that. Um, another few people actually mentioned shopping consignment or Facebook marketplace, or in some other way, looking for gently used toys. Jennifer says when my kids were little, I'd buy gently used toys at consignment stores or on Facebook marketplace. You can get good stuff for a quarter of the price of new And little kids don't know or care that it's not brand new. And then she says, now that I have teens and preteens, I miss those days because things on their list are a lot more expensive and specific. I will say you can still sometimes get away with that with older kids for things like musical instruments. Um, I will be looking for a snowboard for Will um, on Facebook Marketplace. They're very expensive new. And I'm just going to he's now living in the way, way, way north, uh, northern Michigan Near a snowboarding hill, and I think that he would like it, but I don't think that would be on our list to get him new. But if I can find one gently used, why not? Like he's just going to beat it up anyway. So I think even in that category, um, refurbished electronics I think are a good thing to keep an eye out for. I think in that category you can still do it. It's just not quite as easy as it is when they're little and gullible.
2: I agree a hundred percent with that, and I've even with my youngest, she was really hoping for. AirPods, Mm. and that wasn't gonna happen because as a grown adult, I use only one AirPod. I have lost one AirPod. (laughs) Oh gosh! So to trust her with that, but you know, an off-brand with a good review, yeah, will go miles. Now, maybe not with my teens. That could be different. Yeah, but kind of along that same line of refurbished, cheaper, good review type things. I agree a hundred percent with consignment.
1: And I think sometimes if it's like a, like a gently used refurbished or something like that, electronic, like Mm -hmm. as soon as the packaging is thrown away, you will have no idea that it's not, you know, like that it's not used anyway. Like they're basically the same. Um, Okay. So now in the category of planning ahead, I thought there were some really clever ideas here. Kristen says we have a separate account that's just for gifts, holidays, birthdays, and weddings. A part of each paycheck is deposited automatically into that account. We don't have debit cards or checks for that account. So I have to get cash anytime I want to use it. It's solely for gifts. So that's the only time it's touched. And that, you know, that idea has been around for quite a long time. I remember, you know, the bank and credit union having holiday savings accounts when I was a little kid. I I think I remember my mom always getting one. I just don't know that it's something that gets utilized as much these days. I don't know that people are going in and starting separate bank accounts for that sort of thing. But sometimes the, the tactic that's always worked just
2: still works. Absolutely, I wish I had the wherewithal to logistically plan that. I definitely admire that being set up right away, and I think sometimes if if you if you can do that up front and keep it a habit and make that kind of your tradition, that yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Brittany says the gift list app is something that she uses. She says you can add whoever you're shopping for, then add gift ideas or what you purchased and how much you spent, and it shows a running total of how much is spent. I love that because I know for myself, I usually just do an Excel um, spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and sometimes I start to kind of lose track. I don't necessarily divvy up kids gifts based on like, like expenditures on one kid. That's just not the way we do it, but I could see how it'd be really useful just to get a general idea. Like, oh, I've spent, you know, 500 bucks on this kid and 50 on that kid. Then maybe there's some discrepancies that you could equal out. And just to see the running total would be super
2: helpful too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Well, here's another one that I thought was really interesting. And this is the kind of thing that I, I do not often have the foresight to do or like, I don't know the patience to do. But Lydia says build a cart. For example, she makes her chat books, photo album sometime in October, but then doesn't check out until she gets their flash sale text in November. She says, I know that their sales are best at the beginning of the season and then decline from 25% on flash sale day to 20% Black Friday to 15% in December. So she's got like historical data that she's using to get these deals. But what I think is kind of incredible is that, um, and I've done chat books, I think they're amazing. And they, we, they were a sponsor of ours for a while, um, to have the like patience to make the book and then not buy it, not check out and sit on it. I think is amazing and she says she's like testing the idea this year to see if it works with more general gifts. So, I mean, I guess there's a bit of danger that like it with some merchandise. Maybe the thing you want will sell out. But that's not going to happen with a photo album um, like a chapbook. So that's just going to be sitting there in your cart and you can wait. So you, when you have time to put it together, you can put it together and then just don't check out until you get the deal. Um okay and then this last category I have I I loosely themed it work the system. I will share this cautionary tale from honey. She says, "Here's something that happened to us that's worth sharing. One year we were really worried about credit and debit card theft, so we took our whole shopping budget and got prepaid Visa cards from the bank." Now, I think that's probably a little unorthodox or a little further than a lot of people would go, but I do know that people often do use prepaid Visa cards for Um, just to help them budget or like to give kids money to spend on their gifts and things like that. She, She says they split the budget and got two cards and one card was hacked early on and they lost the use of that card. And it was a much longer and harder process to get their money back because the card was not in their names. Essentially it was a gift card, not registered to anybody. So she says in the end we did get our money back, but it took months and we had to use our credit cards for half of our shopping budget. And then she's got like a little fail emoji. Yeah. So I guess it's like, it's just good to keep in mind that sometimes complicated hacks or like trying to work point systems on credit cards, which I can be guilty of like trying so hard to work the system that I then create more work for myself and then end up kind of screwing myself in the end by missing a payment or something. So just good to keep in mind. But here are a couple of examples of people working the system that I think are really smart. Renee says I use my target circle rewards money that builds up throughout the year. I either use the circle reward money at target to buy the toys and close on my gift list when they go 50% off, or I've used the circle money to buy groceries at target for December by getting groceries with this reward money. It frees up that grocery cash so I can use it to buy gifts at other stores. That's really smart. So you're like shifting rewards to whatever category you want to use in that store and then using the money you would have spent. Somewhere else. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier with playing like the points game at, um, at yeah. my Meijer. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. And last one. Sarah says, I take advantage of cashback offerings. Kohl's and Old Navy are two that always do this. I buy some of my lists the first time around to get the cash back, and I save the rest for a week later to use the cashback. Now, I need like help in this department because Coles cash, it's like money. And I will get it and go, oh, thanks. Uh-huh. And I stick it in my purse. And then I forget that it exists. So. Set
2: your calendar. <laughs> I get my clothes cash and I set my calendar. A reminder every day from the day it starts until the day it ends. <laughs> that is incredible. And I think the problem for me
1: is that I don't go to Kohl's very often. And when I do, it's like kind of random. It's like, oh, um, the, some of the kids, like the kids need you know, shoes for the orchestra concert, let's say. I'm going to run out and buy those shoes at Kohl's and then I get cash back or I get Kohl's cash. And then I'm like, sure, okay, I'll come back next week. But then I don't have any reason to come back the next week. So I don't. And probably if I played it smart, I could think of something that's an evergreen thing I'll always need and do this year round. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always something I could go get at Kohl's so that I don't have to buy it full price somewhere else. I think I'm just not in that mindset of turning that cash into
2: actual dollars saved. So I like your idea. And I will (laughs) say like the shopping online part for me, like even Christmas shopping this year, I found an item I wanted in store at another store at Target. If I were to purchase it in store, it was the same price. But if I were to purchase it online, I got a $30 gift card back
1: Wow. So I okay. earned
2: $30 by saying, yes, please shop this for me, even though I have it in my hands right now. So I let them shop it for me. And I think the same thing of Kohl's, like I can usually find a bargain where I can get another discount code and free shipping or free ship to store. So I think you, if you work the system, if you will correctly, the way it's meant to be played the game, I always call it winning at yeah. Kohl's. <laughs> if You are able to save more than you spend. You've won. Um, yeah, I think those are great, great, great to always use those back when you can and, and set those reminders. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I guess then it makes sense if you know that you're going to be buying like if you know that you're, you have a list of, say, 10 things that you're going to get at Kohl's, buy five of them or mm-hmm. six or seven and then go back and pick up the rest. Don't do the, the like Don't shoot the whole um, the whole thing at once and then. Now you've got this cash that you don't really need. So now you're going to go back in and buy something you don't need at Christmas, which I think is another reason that the holiday, I tend to not use those things to their fullest extent because I'm like, well, I'm already buying all this other stuff. I'm not going to go now just spend this Kohl's cash on something for me, yeah. but then I'm going to go back and buy it in January with my money anyway. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been great and we have a whole thread um, with lots of tips from our Facebook community in our Facebook community. We will link that in the show notes. If you aren't already a member of the Facebook group, it is a really supportive place. It's great. Um, You will be asked to go through a little application process. We just ask a few questions. Be sure to answer those questions. We won't let anybody in who hasn't answered them just because we want to make sure that the people in that group are actually mom hour listeners. Uh, It is a very supportive, drama-free group, and we want to keep it that way. And so we don't want people just randomly coming in and, and, you know, having it turn into something else. So just make sure you answer those questions and we will let you in and we will link that up in the show notes. Lisa, it has been so great having you on the show with me today. Thank you so much for filling in for Sarah. We're doing this a little more often now. We're after almost eight years of constantly being the two of us on the show, we're trying to um, give each other breaks every now and then. And I would also love to point people toward The blog post that you just wrote for us not too long ago um, about your kindness advent calendar project that you do with your kids. Just tell us about that a little bit, and then we'll link that in the show notes too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love this community, and I'm so, so grateful to be a part of it. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, The advent calendar is a tradition that I have done for a very long time with my kids, and it's not the kind of open the box and get a little trinket or treat or chocolate we do either acts of service, acts of kindness or regular traditions. So we work in family traditions like, or just activities. Mm. So my son has a choir concert. Well, that goes in that slot. We always do gingerbread houses. So that goes in one slot. We are, I think I spoke earlier about having a card making party to give to retirement communities. We're going to do that again. Just things that fill my kids with joy and things that it truly makes their eyes sparkle when when i mention it or when i mention to them see the christmas season's coming advent's coming they always look forward to it and almost all the time they can each say one or two things that they're looking forward to in the season because it's what we have done as a tradition for our family so yeah. it's super fun cheap and homemade i mean i'm telling you i am one of the most frugal people i know <laughs> <laughs> so it's not an expensive ornate pottery barn type thing, which I would love to have. But when I asked the kids if they would like to upgrade, nobody wanted to upgrade. They wanted to keep our cookie sheets. So
1: that's what we're doing. I love that. I love that.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, we will link to that. And again, you and I did a a conversation on this podcast, like, I don't know, probably around this time last year, wasn't it? We were talking about doing holidays with bigger kids. And I think Mm -hmm. it was around this time last year. So We will link to that as well in in the show notes. So check the show notes out and you can find all of those things there. Lisa, thanks so much for being on the show with me today. This has been really fun. Absolutely, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage.
1: And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram, at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes.
0: Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code TheMomHour. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code TheMomHour to save 20%. Hi, everyone. Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave The Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.